Football on the Sports Social Podcast Network is brought to you by BetVictor, where new signings are guaranteed a great debut. Join and choose your welcome offer at betvictor.com. 18 plus, begambleaware.org. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away. Specifically, the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. Hi, everyone. What's up? Chelsea fans, I hope you're all feeling good. This is Xavier Mbuyamba, and you're listening to the Blue Day Podcast. Enjoy. Hello Chelsea supporters, welcome to the Blue Day podcast and for Chelsea fans everywhere, every day is a blue day. I am your host, the man with a face for podcasting, Keith Lawrence and on today's show we are going to mention the small matter of a legend being sacked and a caretaker taking over. A familiar voice reappears and we are going to preview the upcoming Chelsea versus Burnley Premier League match and so much more. So let's begin, shall we, with the news this week that has certainly attracted attention across the world and certainly divided opinion amongst us Chelsea supporters. And that is the unfortunate news that Frank Lampard was sacked earlier this week by Chelsea Football Club and replaced by Thomas Tuchel, German coach who has previously worked at Borussia Dortmund and Paris Saint-Germain. Now, for those of you that that are aware, I did a live Blue Day podcast episode on our Facebook page the day of the sacking, and it was good indeed. We had so many people get in touch and air their grievances on the matter, and I know that on other Facebook groups, and in fact on Twitter and all, all the other platforms, there have been many people commenting on what they feel is the right decision and what they feel sh- Chelsea should do going forward. So I'm not going to t- discuss my thoughts on Frank Lampard. I've, I've already mentioned that the guy is an absolute legend and unfortunately he didn't get the chance to showcase that legend status as a manager. But there is no doubt in my mind that despite the sacking this week, he has still got his legendary status. His legacy has not been tarnished. And I believe every Chelsea fan will still hold Frank Lampard in high regard, even as a coach because of what he achieved last season by doing the double over Tottenham, by beating Arsenal at the Emirates. But most of all, by bringing in the youth he gave 
Mason Mount a chance. He gave Rhys James a chance. He gave Billy Gilmore a chance. How many managers in the past at Chelsea would you know that would have given them the opportunity to shine? And yes, transfer ban has obviously played a, a, a huge part in that last season. But then players who I've mentioned, and of course there there have been others, they didn't shy away from responsibility. And Frank trusted them. And they have become better players from last season, I personally believe. Gilmore looks more mature than last season. Mason Mount looks a fantastic prospect for Chelsea in the years to come. And so does Rhys James. So we have to give Frank Lampard and Jody Morris, and in fact the whole backroom staff, a huge thank you for giving Chelsea possibly a saving of £200 million by not bringing in a, a right-back a and two centre midfielders. But I, on Facebook Live, I, I did mention my issues with the sacking and how I thought it was a ridiculous decision, and, and I still stand by that. I think that Chelsea should have given Frank at least till the end of the season. And here are my reasons why. Chelsea knew right from the very start. And I just want to actually put this out there right off the bat, actually. I am not one of these Chelsea fans that have gone against Roman Abramovich. I'm not one of these Chelsea fans that feel that Roman should quit and Roman should sell up. I am indebted to Roman Abramovich for saving Chelsea Football Club and for giving Chelsea Football Club the opportunity and the platform to become successful and to make Chelsea what it is today. If it wasn't for Roman Abramovich, there would be no Chelsea Football Club in 2021. That needs to be said. My main issue, and I have said this to many people this week, my main issue has been the people under him. And I'll explain that momentarily. But in regards to Roman Abramovich, what Whatever dealings he has had to deal with in Russia and whatever the government are still holding on him, I do hope that Roman comes back to this country very, very soon. He owns the football club. He has done so much for Chelsea Football Club and the community and the wider spectrum. So I think he deserves some credit for that. And he deserves actually credit for not treating Chelsea as a plaything, for not treating Chelsea as a toy. Because... Many years ago, when Chelsea wasn't winning the Premier League title, there was obviously a lot of talk from non-Chelsea supporters that Roman would pack up, that he got bored of Chelsea Football Club. That has never been the case at all since I've obviously looked at the situation more closely as, as I'm getting older. Roman... Loves the club as much as I believe he loved it since 2003 when he bought the football club. However, I've already said this. My issue is with the people below him. And I will explain. They, Everyone at Chelsea Football Club knew what they were getting with Frank Lampard. They knew the situation with Frank. He had one year experience in coaching at Derby County. And yes, it wasn't particularly successful Derby didn't get promoted but Frank had that year experience but 
what were Chelsea trying to get? What did Chelsea feel they were getting in Frank Lampard? Yes, he played for the club, but there is a complete difference between coaching and playing. So, in my opinion, in my eyes, and what Chelsea gave to the supporters, what Chelsea's message they sent to the supporters were, we're going to build something here. We are not going to keep changing managers season in, season out. We want to build something with Frank Lampard, with Frank Lampard at the helm that knows the club. So that was something that was not promised to us, but it was under the impression that Chelsea were going in a different direction. They were tired of bringing in managers and sacking them, the likes of Conte and the likes of Sari that will be mentioned later. But they wanted to to bring in somebody new, somebody fresh, who understood the DNA of Chelsea Football Club, and that was Frank Lampard, the highest goal scorer in the club's history, the man who lifted, he was the captain who lifted the European Cup for Chelsea Football Club. I, like many thousands around the world who who follow Chelsea, believed that this was the right thing for the club, this was the right time for Chelsea to appoint Frank Lampard, bearing in mind that there wasn't many other top-rated managers out there at the time that could have succeeded Sarri. So Frank Lampard coming in was, in my opinion, the right choice. And the impression that they gave at the press conference, at Frank Lampard's press conference, and after that was, we're going to build something with this manager in charge. We're going to become successful by doing it with a long-term project. Those are three words that I would like to keep bearing in mind in this episode today. Long-term project. That long-term project has lasted 18 months, folks. 18 freaking months. And it's a sad indictment to a business that they plan for a free, maybe even a five-year plan. Now, I know obviously people will listen to this and think that football clubs don't run on three to five-year plans, but... You know, and I and I compared it at the time, and I'll compare it now. You look at Guardiola. We've gone through four managers since Guardiola's took charge of Man City. Pep Guardiola, he took charge of Man City in 2016. So it's only been five years, and we've now on our fourth manager in that time. I think that tells you everything you need to know about Chelsea's long-term project. They don't have one. It's as simple as that. They didn't have one back in 2003, 2004, when they inherited Claudio Ranieri as manager. And he had the season. He he was let go. We brought in Jose. Now, I made a list of the previous Chelsea managers, and and I'm not going to repeat all of them, because for those of you that are listening to this, will obviously know who has managed Chelsea since Roman took over. But the only one out of all their managers that has had at least a three-year spell since 2003 has been one Jose Mourinho. And he got sacked in 2007, which was discussed by myself and Sean Wright Phillips 
on one of our pre- uh, previous interviews. If you haven't already listened to that, I, I urge you to listen to the interview with myself and Sean Wright Phillips. It was a fantastic insight into the dressing room on that particular day when Jose was relieved of his duties back in 2007. But I try not to digress, but since then, managers have come and gone, but they haven't stayed. They haven't stayed as long as two years. Carlo Ancelotti had two years and he was sacked five minutes after the end of the season and he was sacked in the tunnel at Goodison Park. He was told that he was no longer the manager on that Sunday when we lost to Everton. And Antonio Conte, a man who I respect massively and who I still feel is one of the best coaches in world football. We had him for two years and he was let go two days into pre-season after winning the FA Cup in his second season and after winning the Premier League in his first. So this long-term project that people seem to think that Chelsea were looking to do, that was never going to happen. Never in a million years was Chelsea looked at a long-term project and thought, yeah, we'll actually go with this. You look at the likes of Antonio Conte I've just mentioned, you look at the likes of... And even going back to that, Luis Felipe Scolari, AVB, Carlo Ancelotti I've just mentioned. I wasn't a big fan of him, but at the time, Maurizio Sarri. None of these managers were given long-term projects. It was about the here and now. And I think that, and I, I don't just think, I actually believe that the reason why a lot of Chelsea fans are not happy with the decision, isn't just because Frank Lampard as a player was a legend, but because of the distastefulness, the fact that we was told, or we was led to believe by the board that we that the club was going in a different direction and they were going to have a long-term project. But this week has proved to many Chelsea fans, myself and thousands of others, that Chelsea are not in it for long-term planning. They are not building a long-term project. They are in it for the here and now. And if it means success, if it means we win trophies, then so be it. So I'm now going to move on to the new manager in charge. And believe you me, it does, does give a bit of a sour taste in my mouth, but I've learned to live with it in Thomas Tuchel. A man who, personally, I'm not a big fan of. And I don't actually rate him as a manager. But I hope that Mr Tuchel proves me wrong in his 18-month contract that he has with us. And I would actually put it... I would actually like to put it on record that I wish him well in his 18 months in charge. I don't expect him to stay beyond his 18 months in charge, whether he'll be relieved of his duties or he'll walk. But I wish him well. He's going to need it. But after the unfortunate sacking of one Frank Lampard, I think Chelsea fans need to realise that, yes, Thomas Tuchel is now the man in charge, but he's not a manager. He's basically keeping the seat warm for the next manager whoever that is, 
and the manager after Thomas Tuchel is keeping the seat warm for the next manager because we do not have long-term managers. They might as well be called interim managers because they do not last long. And that has been proven by the sacking, the ridiculous decision to relieve Frank Lampard of his duties. And people, again, will listen to this and will have their views on it and will probably disagree with me and feel that it was the right time to let go of Frank Lampard. But I just want to actually question that and ask, how do you know it was the wrong decision? How, how, sorry, how do you know it was the right decision to get rid of Frank Lampard? How, how do you know? The guy has had two and a half years experience as a manager. You don't know what he could have achieved with Chelsea. He could have got us to the FA Cup final again. He could have he could have got us to the latter stages of the Champions League. We'll never know. And the Chelsea will never know now. But we have to go with Mr. Tuchel. And I actually do want to change direction and actually talk about Mr. Tuchel. I've already mentioned that I don't feel that he's the right man for the job. I don't believe that he is. He's certainly not the guy who I would actually appoint as manager. However, I watched his press conference yesterday in full, courtesy of Chelsea TV. And I will freely admit, and I will put my hands up on this, that the way Tuchel spoke, the way Tuchel came across, he he was very charming. First German manager to take charge of Chelsea. He came over very charming. He came over very knowledgeable. He's he's obviously got a philosophy in his head on what he wants to achieve. Whether he will achieve that at Chelsea, time will tell. I doubt it. But if he can coach and produce the goods the way that he spoke in that press conference, then my doubts will probably be erased and I think many other Chelsea fans doubts will probably be erased he seemed quite passionate when we played against Wolves a few days ago at Stamford Bridge he was very animated on the touchline something that I haven't seen since Antonio Conte but obviously Conte was 10 times more than that so hopefully and again, I will put it out there for the second time. I wish Thomas Tuchel well. I'm not one of these Chelsea fans or Chelsea so-called supporters that will wish ill on Mr. Tuchel, that will wish that, will wish that he doesn't succeed because of the fact that he took over from Frank. No, I do want Thomas Tuchel to succeed. I want him to prove me wrong. So, fingers crossed, he will do that on Sunday. He obviously had one day's training before the Wolves match. And already in that Wolves game, and again, I think I speak for some Chelsea fans, there was a difference in our play. We kept the ball a lot more, whether Wolves allowed us to, that's a that's a different story. Um I'm all for possession football. I'm all I'm all for us keeping the ball, but we have to keep the ball with the intent on scoring. And I don't think we actually looked like scoring in that game against Wolves. Wolves were obviously there for the point. They got it. But there was a lot of that game against Wolves that reminded me of 
when we used to play under Maurizio Sarri. Now, I have compared Thomas Tuchel to Maurizio Sarri already, and some of uh, the backlash I've received has been very, very critical. But I do appreciate people's opinions on that. But again, I hope that I'm wrong on Mr. Tuchel, that I I do not believe that he is Maurizio Sarri 2.0, that I do hope that Thomas Tuchel can bring success because he has to bring success. There is no doubt in my mind now that, again, this long-term project that Chelsea apparently, allegedly had with Frank Lampard is no longer there now. This long-term project is no longer there. They are here for the short term. They they want their the success here and now, which is probably one of the reasons why Tuchel allegedly has been told he has to get Champions League football this season. Quite a long shot when you can when you look at the other teams that are above us and the fact that they are carrying on getting points and we're not getting a few successive wins under our belt. It's going to be very difficult for him. But to put a bow on this, so to speak, hopefully. Tuchel can bring success to Chelsea Football Club. This is what he said on these press conference, folks. He said that he loves the academy players. He loves using the academy players. He used them at Dortmund and he used some at PSG as well. I hope that he sticks to his word and he still has faith in the Chelsea academy players the ones that have established themselves as first-team regulars, the likes of Rhys James, the likes of Mason Mount, the likes of Billy Gilmore, and also Tammy Abraham as well. Tammy Abraham, of course, who I sincerely hope he's given a chance to shine under Thomas Tuchel. I hope that this long-term project that Chelsea have abandoned, and they seem that they will be abandoning any talk of long-term projects now I do hope that this hasn't affected the academy and this hasn't affected the future of some fantastic talent at Chelsea and believe you me I've spoken to some Chelsea scouts and some Chelsea academy coaches at Cobham believe you me there is some outstanding talent coming through the ranks at Chelsea and I just hope that the pathway between being an eight-year-old and having aspirations to become a professional footballer and realising your dream of putting on that Chelsea shirt and hearing the applause when you are introduced to the Stamford Bridge faithful for the first time. Hopefully that is not diminished by Thomas Tuchel's 18-month caretaker reign and Chelsea Football Club's lack of a long-term project. That's all I've got to say on that. (laughs) So we are going to move on. We're going to move on. We're going to preview the Chelsea versus Burnley match that is going to be happening on Sunday. So hopefully by the time this goes out to you, the match will not have happened. So I I will need to get my ass in gear with this one. But Burnley is going to be a tough game. They obviously beat Aston Villa midweek. They do know how to score goals. They are a threat when it comes to the counter-attack. And I sincerely hope that Chelsea are on song for this one because they have to perform. There is no doubt in my mind that if Chelsea do not perform to their level, Burnley are going to cause us massive, massive problems. I was there on the first day of the season. 
2017-2018. We played Burnley at home. Antonio Conte was in charge and many Chelsea fans, like myself, was hoping for a nice home win to start this new season. They beat us 3-2 after having Gary Cahill sent off after the 10th minute of the new season. And Burnley, you know, looking back now, Burnley were fantastic that day. And I just hope that they do not come back to Stamford Bridge and produce a repeat performance. But hopefully Chelsea can produce the goods needed. Hopefully uh, Timo Werner and Kai Havertz can produce something special that I know that they've got and many, many other Chelsea fans know that they've got. It's going to be a tough one. I am hoping that we win. I do think we will win. And I believe that Thomas Tuchel, with the three days training that he has had with the boys, it will be hopefully in our favour. Because obviously we've got the massive game coming up against Tottenham Hotspur on the 4th of Feb on BT Sport for those that are in the UK. And I would actually like to confirm and announce that for those that are listening to us here on the Blue Day podcast, either on iTunes or on YouTube, For those that do not have BT Sport, the game is on uh, BT Sport in the UK. But for those of you that do not have access to a TV on that particular occasion with Chelsea Burnley or do not have BT platform, you can listen to myself while doing the watch-along for Chelsea Burnley. I will be doing the next instalment of our watch-along on Sunday at 12 o'clock. I believe the kickoff is midday or it's either midday or half 12. But we will be live on our YouTube channel at the Blue Day podcast on our YouTube channel where we will be doing another watch along of Chelsea. This time, the first one under Tuchel's era where Chelsea will play Burnley. So if you can, please come along. Give, a, give the Blue Day podcast your support in the watch-along and hopefully we will see the boys pick up three points on Sunday. In other news, I will actually uh, talk about certain other things before we go on to something very, very special indeed. I would like to wish Chelsea women the best of luck on their match this weekend, the 31st of January, when they play Tottenham Hotspur women in the Women's Super League. That's going to be a big, big game for them. I believe it is also on TV. So if you have the time, by all means, show your support to Chelsea women. They've they've done fantastically well this season. And the kickoff for that game is at half 12. So I wish, on behalf of the Blue Day podcast, I wish Chelsea FC women the best of luck in that game. And for those of you that have been hiding under a rock for the last few days and actually a few weeks, um, you probably would have missed that we did a special interview, an exclusive interview with one Kevin Wilson, a former Chelsea striker who played for Chelsea in the late 80s, early 90s. The interview is now up on iTunes and YouTube, so please come and Listen to that if if you would. It is a fantastic interview. Um, I have been told already that some of the audio isn't perfect. Uh, there is a little bit of a buzzing sound or a little bit of a, a fuzziness. I would um, like to confirm that that is down to my unfortunate equipment that I've now actually sorted out. So the next interview and the interviews beyond 
Kevin Wilson will be a lot more clearer than that. So if you do find issues with that, I, I sincerely apologize now. But if you if you don't and you actually enjoy it, then fantastic. If you can give us a review or contact us wherever on whatever platform and tell us what you think, the, how the interview was, we would very much appreciate it. We are looking in the month of February and March and in fact beyond that we will be having more ex-Chelsea players on the Blue Day podcast. And for those of you that are new listeners to the Blue Day podcast, welcome. And if you would like to listen to other ex-Chelsea players that we have interviewed, we have got the likes of Ron Chopper-Harris, Chelsea Royalty. We've got the likes of Sean Wright Phillips, who we have interviewed, and also Kevin Wilson. Plus, we'll actually mention as well, because I believe it is important to remember your first interview. It's always good to remember your first time. And our first interview was with the Chelsea Pitch Owners, Mr. Chris Isaac, the chairman of the Chelsea Pitch Owners Association. We had an interview with him last year that I urge every single person who is a Chelsea supporter to listen to that and to in fact buy a share in the Chelsea pitch owners. It is a fantastic cause. But I would like to move on now. Fellow Chelsea supporters and supporters of the Blue Day podcast, coming up now is a pre-recorded chat that I had with a familiar voice of the Blue Day podcast. It's somebody who many of you will remember and he has given his view and has given his take on everything that has happened with Chelsea Football Club this week and I urge all of you to show your support and appreciation uh, to this next bit of audio. It wasn't easy, I will freely admit, for him to come on due to his uh, new commitments. However, it is certainly worth a listen. So, fellow Chelsea supporters, here it is. Fellow Chelsea supporters, here at the Blue Day podcast, we have a special message from a guy who has been part of the podcast since day one. Is your friend and mine. He's the Londoner living it large up north. He wanted to come on the show today in particular to discuss what has happened with Frank Lampard Chelsea Club. So... Out of honour and respect that I have for him, he has come onto the show to air his grievances and to air not just a rant, but also his opinion. So I'm going to give the floor to my good friend and my co-host, Warren. Warren, the floor is yours, my friend. Oh, thank you very, very much, Keith. Um, as you've just alluded to there, I'm obviously going to sort of for what it's worth, and for those of you that are interested, I am going to sort of give my opinion on the Frank Lampard debacle. I don't even want to say situation, debacle, embarrassment, whatever whatever word you wish to choose to articulate it. Um, I am going to get to that. Um, obviously, many, some of you, um, well, any of you that do listen, I'm sure that you would have noticed that obviously I had taken, and Keith had obviously left a nice message um, for you all to know that I was taking a bit of an extended break from the podcast, stepping away from it. There were a few reasons behind it, including sort of like work commitments and and a little bit to do with motivation to do it um, through no lack of enjoyment um, of the podcast because I had obviously a fantastic time doing it, obviously. Um, but the way that Chelsea, something that I'm going to, that, 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 that part of it will become clearer 
as I discussed the sort of like Frank Lampard debacle as as we've mentioned um, and as obviously Keith has spoken about earlier on in the show and stuff and in previous shows but first of all I'd like to thank Keith very very much because I know when he started the podcast there would have been anyone that listens to this show would have loved to have had the opportunity to come onto a podcast and you know give their views and vent their frustrations and give their opinions and have a platform to do it and he was I was very very fortunate enough for Keith to give me the opportunity to do it and it it worked really well I had an absolutely fantastic time doing it I mean to think that I mean to speak to the chairman of the pitch owners club and not just in a capacity where it's like oh look that's that's that Chris Isaac that is that's the Chelsea you know and going and saying hello to him you know to have a sit down and have a professional conversation with him and then obviously run Chopper Harris and then later on the opportunities that um obviously when I was taking time away from the podcast people like Sean Wright Phillips and obviously your recent announcement and everything that having the opportunity to interview Obviously, the great man himself, Ron Chopper Harris, that opportunity was brought to me because of Keith. And Keith does so much hard work um, behind the scenes that you don't know about. I mean, I literally used to roll out of bed on Sunday morning, call a load of people, a bunch of CUNTs. And that was basically my job done for the week. You know, that was literally all I did. Keith literally done all of the the correspondence, the communication. Things like Ron Chopper Harris could not, right? It's not that they couldn't have happened without Keith. They happened because of Keith. It's not like Warren had some input and Keith had some blah, blah. No, Keith done that all. He found him. He messaged him. He'd done everything. Sean White Phillips, um, Kevin Wilson that was on the show the other day. Um, obviously, Mr. Chris Isaac, the chairman of Chelsea Pitch Owners Club. Keith has privyed me to some information about future guests. And oh, like, wow, like there is a couple that real standout ones I mean I think they're all standout but there's some that I think are going to jump out to the viewers that is particularly good so you know thank you very much very much Keith and I will I wish you the absolute best and most amount of success possible I'll always be the biggest supporter of the Blue Day podcast I will listen every single week and I'll be there supporting the podcast every single week and any time that I can help or offer my opinion or advice it will be there so just want that on record and thank you very very much everyone for listening to me whinge on for the last four or five months i have really really enjoyed it the comments from people on facebook and around the world has been fantastic but anyway frank lampard now a lot of managers have come and gone a lot of players have come and gone over the years at chelsea at times that we thought we were surprised about and we were disappointed and we were upset i remember being devastated the first time that jose left um, I remember being really disappointed when Ancelotti left, even though it was always it, we knew it was going to happen for six or seven months before it. I was very, very disappointed when Conte left. Um, you know, when people like Lampard moved on and stuff and went on to play for other teams, that was pretty tough. Um, when Drogba left, you know, these are these are you know moments of like great sadness, but you understand the club needed to do it to move forward. Um, I don't understand this decision. I think Frank was brought in and being told this philosophy of. Even though Frank knew what to expect and we'd be, you know, completely naive to expect anything different from Roman because history speaks for itself and history repeats itself. So he knew it was coming. But at the same time, he was told, yeah, yeah, bring all the youth through. You're, you, you know, you don't have to do this. You don't have to do that. And like, if we don't get immediate success and all the rest of it. And I don't have to. I'm not going to sit here and go over the fact that he had a transfer embargo and that he got to the cup final and got top four and he's done this and he's done that and players like Reese James and Matt. Mason Mount and Tammy Abraham, Mason Mount and Reese James. I mean, Reese James is the best right back in the country at the minute, and Mason Mount is just he just play, would play every week in nearly every single team in England right now, and they've all loved playing for Frank. So I don't need to I don't need to just 
justify why I think Frank should be manager. I think the, the evidence and everything that I've said has been repeated a million times by everybody, pundits and other people and yourself and everybody who listens to this show would have seen the reasons to justify him staying manager. But the way that the, the, the club have disrespected Frank on a number of occasions. When he left the club, he was never given a proper goodbye at Stamford Bridge because they wouldn't say whether they was going to give him a contract or not until the season had ended. And I thought the way they handled that was absolutely despicable and that was sort of glossed over a little bit. I think the way he's been treated now is... Do you know, do you know what got me, Keith, is... The decision to sack Frank Lampard had been made before the Luton game, and you know that's true because yep. we won the game, right? So if we'd have lost, maybe they'd have said, if you lose against Luton or draw or have a really bad performance, then you're gone, right? But we won 3 1, Tammy got a hat trick, and we played all right football. We done what we needed to do, right? Um, so the decision had already been made, and yet they let the fans not only believe, right? Not only did they make us believe that they were still backing him and behind him, they let us pay God knows how much money to put up an In Frank We Trust banner in front of the shed end, on the shed end for the next home game, which was against Luton. And the first game it was there, and after all them people had paid for it and bought in and invested their their passion and their love back into the club and everything, right, let's get behind Frank the club behind him we knew fuck all these plastic glory on wankers on Twitter and Facebook and all the rest of it fuck this we're really going to do this and get behind him and the whole time they took the money and they done this and they done that and they fucked us all off and they fucked us all over and they've done it one too many times and they've done it one too many times now that I you know it's and and this is the thing this is not a knee-jerk reaction and this is not me saying that because Chelsea aren't winning I'm no longer going to follow Chelsea and all the rest of it. That is absolutely not what this is. I very, very, very fortunate in my lifetime that I was born in 1987. So I only really had eight years of going to Chelsea before we started winning things fairly regularly. But that's how it was. You know, I would still support... If Chelsea was a club that I wanted to support, I my passion just left my body the other day for Chelsea Football Club, as it is at the minute. Because I said this to Aaron McGrath, avid listener of the Blue Day podcast the other day. Would Ken Bates and Matthew Arden have allowed that to happen the way it's happened? Would they allow these things to happen the way the fans have been disrespected? Like I say, with the banner especially, I'm talking about that specifically now. Would Matthew Arden have allowed that to happen? I don't think so. I don't think I don't think Stevie Clark would have let that happen or Stevie Holland would have let that happen. Do you know what I mean? And there's snakes within the club now and the club is not the club that... I loved and had passion for. The club is no longer... I haven't enjoyed going to Stamford Bridge like I used to for many years. I know I've told you that many times, Keith, that I only really... Yes, you have. The only real enjoy... That the major enjoyment I get out of watching Chelsea is following Chelsea. Um, away to Tottenham last year, 2-0 under Frank, was still one of the greatest matches I've ever been to in my life. And I've seen us win nearly everything. Like, do you know what I mean? So, and I'm all over the place and I've seen amazing things and amazing players and amazing goals. That still is up there with one of the best. All the... After the... After the team was a youth team and then Frank and Jody coming over there oh just oh it was just the whole thing was just amazing and that's what I'd invested into and it's just swept away like and and we mean nothing we mean we as fans mean absolutely nothing nothing I couldn't we literally not worth the dog shit on their shoes they would clean the dog shit off of their shoes with us and it's absolutely disgraceful and it's happened to nine or ten managers that they've been forced out, probably half because of a player revolt. We're not mentioning any names or going into any speculation, but clearly a lot's gone on. Uh, by the time this is out, even more stuff would have come out in the media because we're recording this a good few days ahead of when you listen to it. So um, We've heard some stories. Yeah, yeah, I we've mean, heard some stories. I've, I've, I've some, heard some stories from the grapevine. Yeah. You've heard stories. Yeah, some light, some light, we're not going to obviously yeah, some mention light it. May, yeah, light may be shed on them in the future, but yep. it's basically... Well, what I'm saying is, without a knee-jerk reaction and without saying that because Chelsea aren't 
winning, I'm not going to support the club, which to those of you that do know me, it's pretty evident that's not the reason. But I'm not going to be following Chelsea Football Club anymore. I am... I'm going to sort of cease my any contacts with like season tickets and memberships and stuff. And I'm going to get myself a membership to Glasgow Rangers, a Blues brother, a team that I've followed almost equally alongside Chelsea for many years now. Um, it's a dream of mine to travel Europe, European games with Rangers fans. And, and they're a club that is tried to be run properly and the fans have an inf- influence and the fans have opinion and the fans are given a lot more leeway and a lot more respect and a lot more rights and... They're just, you know, it's a proper run football club and they haven't got, you know, and where where they've had to go from when they was in Division 3 and everything and they were still sending out Ibrox and taking 10,000 away every week and they are the most successful team in football. So, why not, eh? But, um, yeah, they are they are the obvious choice for me because my passion for football is still absolutely there and I can't wait for to get back in the games and start travelling up to it. It's a bit easier for me now, not living in London, being a bit, a bit closer to Glasgow. But, um, yeah, I will be frequenting whenever possible Ibrox in the future but basically that's all I wanted to say really I just wanted to say that the whole the way they've treated Frankie is shocking and I can't get over it I literally actually can't get over it and just the way, yeah the way they treated Frank Jody the way they treated certain players um, for many many years now as well for, it's gone on under the whole reign of Roman and I think that I was certainly one that was guilty of overlooking it because it was all about success but we wanted to really really build something you know we are a laughing stock i said to you the other day keith that tip football teams that are laughing stocks of england the teams like tottenham and arsenal right because tottenham are the sort of team that during the middle of the worst pand- one of the worst pandemics the country's ever known they wanted to charge tottenham and edmonton council thirty-two thousand pound to use their football stadium as a food bank to give it to people that were in dire need of food whereas chelsea were giving out things to like the hotel tna Yes, which is fantastic, it really is. But this makes us a laughing stock. The way they've treated the fans makes us a laughing stock. You see, like, do you know what? The board at Liverpool and Man United have never really done this sort of thing to the fans. Like, they've never been so massively disrespectful. Liverpool fans can have the freedom to really, really express themselves and kind of do what they want to a certain point, and the board lets them get away with it. Not lets them get away with it, but indulges it and allows it to bring the passion out in fans and stuff like that. We're not allowed to do that at all. And we can't even... Our most famous, do you know what? Do you know what has always annoyed me that I've always sat found really, really pathetic. That our most famous stand that we've rebuilt, we now put the away fans in it. Like whoever whoever made that decision doesn't have any understanding of the history of Chelsea Football Club. How can you put how can you put four thousand West Ham in it? How can you do that? How can you actually do that? Who the fuck? We were talking about the kit at the start of the season. Whoever designed it doesn't have a clue. Has has been watching basketball their whole life has never even heard of football doesn't even know it exists and they've been asked to design a kit and put a badge on it I remember that do you know what I mean try not yeah yeah do you know what I mean exactly and that's the same person who put these people in the shed as far as I'm concerned and I don't want nothing more to do with it I, don't, I, I can't have anything more to do with it I want to enjoy football again and I don't care win lose or draw and yes all right so my joint my the team that i've supported equally happens to be flying high in scotland and there's only two teams that can possibly win it every year but it's not even about that anymore i want to go to a family club and be a part of something again that's what i miss stamford bridge is not a football great it's a tourist attraction like madam two swords and i don't mean tourist attraction as in full of foreign Nationals viewers, I, I, I had no, there's no sort of like racial implication to that or like anything like that. I, what I mean by a tourist attraction is that it's a spectacle rather than a club and a family and a football club anymore. Do you know what I mean? It's become somewhere that 
you know, and then tourism is great and like so and people join and like we need these fans to support the club because the more successful we are, the more you need to spend and the more you need to spend, the more your income needs to be and your income comes from your fans. I totally understand that people supporting Chelsea is totally a necessary thing, but people don't actually support Chelsea. <laughs> this is the problem. And and now the people that are in charge of the club don't even support football. They're just in it for business. And it's completely ruined everything for me. And it's taken the enjoyment of football away from me. So I'm going to go and find it somewhere else. At Glasgow Rangers. So find me up there. Up the Billy Boys. We are the people. But yes. Anything you'd like to add, Keith? No, listen, I just want to sort of... Firstly, I'd like to point out that Obviously, Warren stepping away from Chelsea for a while. Uh, just want to point out that the Blue Day podcast is not. Um, as soon as the gates are open and fans are allowed back in, rest assured, I will be sleeping on the hallowed concrete at Stamford Bridge, waiting for a ticket to come out. Don't don't you worry about that. Um, so we're not. I'm not going anywhere. The Blue Day podcast isn't going anywhere. So. I think we should appreciate Warren's honesty in his comments and views um, and the fact that, yeah, that what uh, what Chelsea has done to Frank and actually what Chelsea have done to us, to us who have supported Frank for the years that he has been a Chelsea player and Chelsea coach and for us supporting each manager that has come and gone, you know, even the likes of Di Matteo, the likes of... Antonio Conte's ability been mentioned, Scolari, Carlo, and, you know, dare I say, Jose Mourinho. Um, many fans are pissed off, many fans are unhappy, and many fans are actually walking away from the club. They're walking away from... As they have de- been for many years. Walking away from decades of going to the bridge and watching their beloved Chelsea. I mean, I've heard stories in the last 24 hours of people missing weddings to go football to go football and people missing their divorce court to go football and it's a case of Chelsea were was their passion now unfortunately as time goes on this that passion dwindles in certain certain people and it's because of decisions like this that people have made their decision but listen unfortunately we have to move on. You know, Frank wasn't bigger than the club. And we have to put that mildly that the club is, you know, no one is bigger than Chelsea Football Club. We know that. And Frank, needless to say, was one of us in, in essence. And, J- and Jody Morris, to an extent, we have to, we have to remember him as well. Um, there are things that myself and my co-host knows about that we, we've been told in the last... 24, 48 hours that we will not repeat because it's not our place to say, but we have been told by numerous sources what's gone on. Whether that will come out in public eye, we don't know, but who knows? But Warren, I just personally, I would like to say on behalf of myself and actually the Blue Day podcast itself, because we are one family, I'd like to thank you personally for accepting the invitation to come on the podcast back in September. And it's been a fucking good ride. I will, I will freely admit, you know, um, cr- taking the piss out of Jermaine Genus with a microphone in hand was pretty cool. Your views on Mr. Sutton, Mr. Poyet, 
Mr. Townsend. Um, I'm going to say there's a bit of a list there. Isn't there is a list on your free, side. Um, not, yeah. I yeah, won't. Mainly them three, though. Well, now I might actually have a chance to get them on on the show as guests. Um, but it's uh, out of honour to out of honour. Um, listen, it, it it has been a pleasure, and I do appreciate the fact that you wanted to come on for old times' sake. And I, I was glad that I actually asked you if you if you wanted to come on because yeah. I remember uh, when the news broke out that Lampard was gone, and I first texted you to say, "Do you want to come on for old times' sake and have a rant?" So I appreciate the fact that you you, you accepted that. Um, I will go on record to say never say never. Who knows what could happen in the next five years? Who know, who knows? Well, but, yeah, I might, I might be sat in the shed with all the Rangers boys if we get you in Europe. <laughs> That's if we ever face somebody British in Europe. I don't know, but um, what are you saying? I listen. Man, I'm still. But, I, I will still be watching Chelsea from the comfort oh. of my armchair. I'm gonna go. On, I'm gonna go on a bit of a protest and not watch it for a few matches but there's no way I'm not going to follow every single You're Chelsea going, result it's just that if you they're, are going if on they're a playing sabbatical no, a long just, sabbatical no. <laughs> I'm an armchair fan now if you're like, Chelsea you, want. you are like Obi-Wan Kenobi you are going far far away and you're still keeping a you're still keeping an eye but you're not going to be part of it you're just keeping an I'm, eye on I think Obi- I'm much more like Anakin <laughs> But we're going off, we're going off topic. We are going off topic. Um, but Warren, as I said before, it's been a pleasure. Yes, thank, thank you. Thank you very much for the months that you've been part of the podcast. And you know, I'll see you down the road. Don't you worry about no that. No worries. Thanks very much. No worries. So that was my former co-host discussing his views on Frank Lampard and Chelsea, and. Obviously, like Chelsea Football Club itself, the Blue Day podcast has to move on. We have to evolve and we certainly will be going forward, of course, through the next few months at least. And obviously, the plan is to to be here again with a long-term project. And we do have a long-term project here at the Blue Day podcast. And one of the things I would like to mention before I leave is we are having, this year, for the year 2021, we are going to be raffling some very nice Chelsea retro shirts, Chelsea shirts from years gone by. And this is something that my former co-host had an idea of that has taken a while to actually put together, but we're finally able to get the wheels in motion and we are in the process of buying a number of shirts with selective names and selective numbers on the back that they will be raffled off on one of our uh, social media platforms that is yet to be confirmed but the two reasons why we're doing this one is to sort of give something back to our listeners who have been loyal to the Blue Day podcast and to also we are going to put the money that listeners, if if interested, will pay for the raffle tickets. The money will be going to charity. 
So it, it is something that we are looking to do to, of course, promote the podcast, but we're also looking to give something back to the wider community. But we also want to give something back to Chelsea listeners of the Blue Day podcast. So I can confirm that the end of March, we are looking at Saturday the 27th of March, we will be doing our first shirt raffle. And it will be a shirt with name and number that I will be choosing that will be up for the raffle. We we will put all details on our Instagram page, on our YouTube channel. We will put it on Facebook. We'll put it on Twitter. So all the information will be on there for you to have a look at and dissect. And if you are looking to enter the raffle, all the information will be up on them channels that I've already mentioned but we are looking to do this especially to start off this year it is the Blue Day podcast shirt bonanza so tell your friends tell Chelsea supporters that you know that are looking to buy or looking to get a Chelsea shirt on the cheap you know these and these these raffle tickets are not going to be expensive I can I, I can definitely assure you these raffle tickets will not be expensive they're not going to they are they are not going to be sort of 10 to 20 pounds they are going to be on the cheap side so tell your chelsea friends that if they fancy something very very special indeed by all means enter the raffle and who knows we might actually have some signed chelsea shirts in there as well as so to round it off fellow Chelsea supporters I have been Keith Lawrence remember find us on Instagram at the Blue Day podcast find us on YouTube where we have got many many videos and also our podcast episodes so catch us on there we've also got our Facebook page so follow us we've actually got some fantastic people that are following us at the moment on our Facebook page so please find us on that your support is massively appreciative and All I can say now, fellow Chelsea supporters, is stay safe and carefree. Podcast Network. $88 billion is just a number, but not when we use it for our community benefits plan. It can be used to help deliver the promise of an education. We'll empower young entrepreneurs through the creation of the Howard University and PNC National Center for Entrepreneurship. And uplift small businesses with access to the capital they need in order to grow. It's not just about dollars, it's about change. PNC, 